So we're continuing our sermon series looking at joy in the midst of change. And over the last few weeks, we've spent a lot of time looking at this small word, joy, and I'll continue that today. But I'd like to start this talk, which is the fourth talk in this series, looking at the other important word in our sermon series, and that's the word change. I'm reading a book at the moment. I'm actually rereading it. I haven't read it for some time. But it's called Our Iceberg is Melting by John Cotter. It's a bestseller that came out from the States, and it's all about how we manage change, how we learn in times of change. It's a business fable or a parable about a group of penguins who live on an iceberg, and over a season, their iceberg starts to melt, and they realize that their lives are changing, and they have to learn a new way of living in a difficult season of change. It's a brilliant book, and there's so many things that I've learned from it about how we think in times of change, how we feel in times of change, how we work together in times of change. But one of the most important aspects of this book, which I found actually really encouraging, is that if we let it, change can actually lead to good. Good things can come out of change if we let them, and not all change is bad. Now, this is something that the early church learned. This is something that in the seasons of change that the early church, just around the time of the resurrection of Jesus, they found that they learned some quite significant things in times of change. And this is what we see in one of our readings today, especially in the reading of Acts, which talks about the stoning of Stephen, a leader in the early church. Who was Stephen? Well, Stephen was a leader in the early church. He was different to a lot of the other leaders at the time in that he was Jewish, he converted to Christianity, but he was Greek. He was very outspoken, he was a gifted communicator, and he really challenged the Jewish leaders of the day about Jesus, and he encouraged them to convert and accept Christ. A bit like Christ himself, the Jewish people found this very challenging. They didn't want to convert, and after one of Stephen's speeches, which is just before what we heard Emily read today, they grabbed Stephen from the temple. They killed him, and they stoned him to death, one of the most horrific ways that they killed people in those days. Stephen was the first Christian martyr. So sad, but something very significant happened in these difficult times of change for the early church. There was a great diaspora, or a dispersal, of Stephen's followers. Most of the Greek Christians, again, remember Stephen was Greek, they were persecuted because of how they were reacting to the Jewish leaders of the day, and they were sent out from Jerusalem. They were sent to places like Egypt, modern-day Syria, and Libya. And when they were there in these new places, in this time of change, they had to work out again how they did church. There was no longer a temple in Jerusalem, and it was the custom for early Christians to continue to go to the temple to worship every day or a few times a day. 
They were no longer at the temple. They had no place to go. They had no place to sing the psalms. They had no place to give their offering. No place to come and receive afresh from God. So they had to reimagine what it was to be the church in a very different environment. But three beautiful things happened as their iceberg started to melt. Three beautiful things happened to the church. The first thing is they began to meet in homes because they couldn't go to the temple. Secondly, it became a much more flexible church in its liturgy. It became much more flexible in its structures and its governance, in how it was led, how people interacted with each other, the involvement of men and women together. And its leaders, they weren't so much ordained, but they were lay people. And lastly, there was a huge sense of community. Deeper relationships were formed as this diaspora was spread out from the temple. And we see the letter of James talk about that because it was written to those Greek Christians who were dispersed after the persecution, after the stoning of Stephen. And these three things remind me a lot about what we're going through at the moment. As we can no longer meet in this beautiful building, or if you're involved in another faith community, the building that you go to, the church building that you go to at the weekend. However, we are finding that in our homes, we are meeting God. We are meeting God outside of the church building. We are meeting Him in creation. We also find that we have to be more flexible. We're putting things online. We're finding new ways of being the church, not just in a building. And lastly, we are finding there is a deeper sense of community as we're working together to receive help and also give help in these challenging times. In a way, our iceberg is melting, but we're really seeing God bringing good out of change. So change can be good for us. It brings us new life. However, we also need to recognize that change is also very hard for us. The result of change, especially when it happens quickly, manifests itself in many, many different ways. I'm sure you've had conversations with your friends and your family about how you've seen change impact lives for the negative. For example, here are just some of the ways I've experienced in the conversations I've had with you and other people about how change is impacting your emotions. Things like mood, mood swings, an increase in negative emotions, irritability, distractibility, sadness, worry, agitation, feeling that you're less productive, a disconnection from others, less meaning, being in a fog. There's many different negative outworkings of change as well. And these are very real emotions that we experience in these changing times. And the early church also experienced these emotions in times of change. The early disciples understood how difficult change was. And we see this in our gospel reading today. Jesus had risen from the dead, and he spent 40 days with the disciples. But towards the end of those days, as we know as Eastertide, between Easter Sunday and Pentecost, Jesus began to speak about leaving them again. He began to speak about ascending into heaven and leaving them, and he would give them the Spirit. And they really struggled with this. They were like, what? You're leaving again? More change coming in a short period of time. And they found themselves feeling very isolated and vulnerable and upset in that change. 
But like before, just after the resurrection, Jesus meets them right where they're at. He meets them in our gospel reading today from John 14, and he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When their hearts were troubled in times of change, Jesus reminded the disciples there is a place for them in his Father's house. He has many rooms, many ways into his grace, many ways of taking care of us in these difficult times, many ways to encourage us to trust, to believe. And he reminded them of these these three beautiful aspects of his character and why he came to the earth. We sang about this in one of our songs today when Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the way to the Father. I am the truth. I am the one who brings meaning even in change. I'm the one who brings meaning even when we feel disconnected. I'm the one who brings meaning when we feel isolated and separated. And I'm the one who brings life And not a small amount of life, but life to the full. And Dillis talked about that last week in her talk. So we see good coming out of change in Acts. And we see God meeting the disciples in change. And he reassures their troubled hearts in our gospel as well. But what of joy? Where do we see joy flourishing in these two readings today? We see it in one word, a difficult word, and that word's surrender. We find the word surrender very difficult. We feel like it's giving up. We feel that we are just falling apart if we surrender. But surrender in the biblical terms is not about those things. It's about letting go. It's about trusting God in the midst of change. And when we do this, we receive the promise of joy in our hearts. Remember, joy is a promise of God's peace and His presence. And where do we see joy in surrender in our readings today? Where do we see this type of joy coming? Well, for Stephen, in our Acts reading, when he comes close to his own death at the most vulnerable time of his life, he looks up and he sees Jesus standing, not sitting, He knows that Jesus is standing for him, supporting him, there for him, even as he's dying. And Stephen surrenders and uses the exact words of Jesus and says, I give you my spirit. Into your hands I give my spirit. And we see Stephen receive the joy of salvation. And in our gospel, Philip says, after Jesus had said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, Philip says, Lord, show me, show us the Father and I will be satisfied. He surrenders to Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, and he receives receives the joy of relationship. So in this season of change, I encourage us to surrender daily to our fears, to give them to God, our troubled hearts, and always remember that God doesn't change. And I want to finish with this scripture from James 1.17, the very letter that was written to the Greek Christians who were dispersed in a time of change when their iceberg was melting, when they had to relearn what church was about. 
He wrote this to the dispersed church, reminding them 2,000 years ago and reminds us again today that even though the seasons are changing, God doesn't change. It says, God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens, He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So let's encourage each other with that, remind each other that we can trust Him and that in this season we are being called to collectively discern what God is doing in prayer and in conversation, to trust that He is making things new, but to encourage each other to play our part and to surrender to God, to trust and believe in Him, the way, the truth, and the life. And in that, we find joy in surrender and joy in the change. And now as a way to reflect on that way of surrendering to God, Sherry and Dillis are going to play this beautiful hymn for you to just receive and sit, which talks about the importance of surrender. <laughs>